The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 8.17, you're listening to WGNS. Today, a Tuesday morning, May the 2nd, and our guest in studio this morning, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, Director of the Rutherford County School System. How are you this morning? Doing great. How about yourself? Thank you for having me. I'm good. And man, we're almost finished with the first school year for you. It has been a whirlwind. It's been a little bit of everything all together. I was just sitting out there waiting. It's been 305 days. 305. 305 days. And over those first 305 days, you've had to shut down school for everything from, uh, you know, storms that were coming to snow. Yep, storms, (laughs) snow, safety, a little bit of all of it. So with those decisions that are made whenever schools are shut down for things like storms, as an example, what goes into the thought process in shutting the schools down? Yeah, so several. So we, of course, have our own local procedures that we'll go through and communicating with our local entities that we have, whether it's EMS or a police station, sheriff's department, we have a great relationship there. But we also, as directors of schools in the Middle Tennessee area, talk to see what we're seeing across the area as well. And, you know, the biggest thing that really has been in the news lately is school safety. And that is one of the biggest concerns among Americans literally around the country, especially with the shooting that took place in late March in Nashville. Right. So that is something, of course, that is our number one priority is student safety. It doesn't matter what textbooks you have, how great your instruction is if kids aren't safe. And so that's something we prioritize. Um, is a mixed balance between making sure we have a welcoming environment but making sure that students are safe and the entries are secure so how do you go about deciding you know what is the best and, and safest policy for one school versus another because every school is different every school's laid out different the staff they're all different I, I mean there are different things to look at there are but uh, i think the first thing that we of course communicate with our sheriff's department and local agencies continuously um, we have a safety director, Patty Easer, who does an amazing, amazing job with us. And then Trey Lee, who is over engineering construction. When you are looking for safety, the first thing you want to do is control access. So regardless of the different designs we have in our schools, every school has the same vestibule that you'll come into that you'll have to be buzzed into to make sure that we're controlling entry to our building. Um, that's first and foremost that regardless of the design, we want to control who's coming into our buildings. And with the governor's latest uh, budget that came out, one of the items in the budget was, of course, to pay for SROs. Will some of that money come to Rutherford County? Because, of course, we already have SROs. We're hopeful. Um, in the past, the state has had SRO grants. Rutherford County has not been eligible for those because, as you mentioned, we already had SROs. What I'm hopeful is that if we receive additional funding from the governor's proposal that we can hopefully be able to, one, make sure that all of our positions continually advance as we move forward. Some of our schools are are large, and so we may need more than one or two SROs in our buildings, but also to be able to reimburse our sheriff's department for some of those positions that they are funding out of their budget to support school safety. Also within the budget was something that a lot of people may not be familiar with, but a Department of Homeland Security officer who I guess would coordinate or oversee different safety protocols within the schools on the local level. Are we going to have one of those as well here in Rutherford County? 
Yes, sir. Every county is um, supposed to have one. How that actually looks in practice is yet to be seen. Because you already have, like you were just saying, a school safety director. So uh, I wonder if it's going to be kind of a duplicate position almost. Right. My guess is that person would be helping coordinate between all the different entities. Again, we already have that being a county school system. We work with Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, our local sheriff's department, TBI. We work um, the highway patrol. We work with all of those. So maybe it's just an extra person and to be able to bring extra insight. Again, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with us this morning, director of the Rutherford County School System. After the incident occurred in Nashville at the private school, did you have to step back and kind of take a look at security measures that were currently in place this school year? We did. And so that I want to thank our school board and really our community overall. So we were on spring break during that tragedy. And when we came back, um, that actual Monday, we used one of our inclement weather days and used it as a school safety day. That allowed our entire staff to be able to, to be together um, and be able to just refocus on some of those things. Being such a large school system, we have new staff members that come and go throughout the school year. And so we actually, by Ms. Darby, um, one of our school board members, is asked to put in policy, and we've addressed this for next year. We will have a school safety day as one of our required admin and service days at the beginning of every semester. And within the Rutherford County school system, you've got over 50,000 school students. And, well, I guess, has this year been the largest number of students Absolutely. Since? Yes, and we continue to grow. We are, we are starting to grow at a little bit less of a rate, which is probably a little bit of good news for us because we are teetering on that line of once you get so big, it's definitely hard to sustain your success. Um, but we're still around 2% growth. The problem of being 2% growth when you're at 50,000 kids is you're still adding 1,000 kids every year. And with that kind of growth, with that number of students and with the number of staff, it's got to make it difficult to kind of figure out the best measure for security within a school. It absolutely does. And again, it just goes back to first controlling access. And that is what we're doing with access without getting into two details about what we have in the school system. Um, we feel confident about where we are. We always want to make sure that we have room to improve, and that's why that collaboration is so important. And when it comes to security, what are the biggest issues that schools face locally? I mean, is it, of course, that person getting in the door, obviously, but past that, do you have issues such as, uh, you know, parents trying to pick up their children when they don't have custody? Do you have issues of uh, next-door neighbors trying to pick up children? What, what do you see the most? Those are common that occur in our schools, but again, uh, making sure controlling that entry. If someone doesn't have their ID and they're not on what the parent has already submitted as part of their emergency contact list, then our schools are going to be vigilant in making sure only the correct people are picking up students. And outside of security, what are some other big issues that you've noticed over your first year within the county schools? The number one for me is staffing. Um, we are such a large school system and continue to grow if we don't and i appreciate our board that has recently just approved a salary schedule that will allow us to be more competitive but the number of graduates that are coming out in the teaching profession is not large enough to support the number of students we're adding every single year and we can have the best buildings the best curriculum but if we don't have staff and i'm not just talking about certified staff but classified staff if we don't have staff none of that really matters so that has been the biggest challenge is how do we say fully staffed so that we're not like other neighboring districts who it's commonplace for them to have hundreds of openings throughout the year. And you started at the very beginning with doing a study with an outside firm to look at the salary schedule and to decide, you know, is this the proper salary for our teachers and how does it need to be changed if it does need to be changed? What was the outcome of all that? 
So I, I don't think it'd be a surprise to any. It was one of the first things the board tasked uh, me with was looking at classified and certified staff. Our hourly support staff, especially custodians, educational assistants, truly some of the people that are on the front lines day in and day out, were underpaid um, for under market. And so we have addressed that. Um, they had a 5% raise on top of a new salary schedule. Certified teachers beginning um, were, pretty, were in pretty good shape. Where we struggle as a district, which is very common across the state of Tennessee, is for our veteran teachers. And so we've actually increased the number of years experience that someone gets paid for from 21 years to 26. And looking at all the staff, do you have an idea of how many years or, or who's been part of the staff the longest? I mean, do you have some teachers who have been there for 40 years? Oh, we do. We actually have some that are, are getting close to 50, yes. Wow. Do you ever go meet with them just to ask them for ideas? Because they've been there from you know, well, for years. Yeah, and usually uh, I try to visit every school once um, every nine weeks just to just to be seen, be in the school so that I can have a, a presence and also know what's truly going on. And our more veteran teachers will always make sure that they are, will let you know what's going on, just as some of our newer teachers will as well. <laughs> Again, with us this morning, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, director of the Rutherford County School System. Because of the growth, one of the things that the county schools are looking at doing is to add on to some of the existing schools as opposed to just building schools randomly. Yeah, so I want a, a huge thank you to our county commission, which is our funding body and ultimately our school board. So we just recently received approval for three high school additions, Smyrna High School, Riverdale High School, and Oakland High School. Um, that'll increase the capacity up to 2,500 students, add some security at those buildings, and also make sure that we have an education that's equitable across our district from looking at some of our new schools like Rockville and Stewart's Creek and making sure students at those schools have the same as Smyrna, Riverdale, and Oakland. Is there a point of, uh, of saying, you know, we can't continue to add on to schools because we're making these schools just, just too big to manage? Uh, 100%. We are there. Uh, when you are looking at your elementary schools, we have three elementary schools currently that are sitting between 1250 and 1300. That's too large for an elementary school. We have the largest middle school in the state, a Blackman Middle School, that's close to 1700, and the third largest middle school in Rockville Middle. You get to the point of, yes, it's a fine balance between fiscally responsible, but ultimately our job is to educate students. Once you get into those large, large, large buildings, you're losing that ability to educate as effectively as possible. Are we needing more high schools, more middle schools, or elementary schools? A little bit of all of the above. <laughs> um, but one thing that we are tasked with, we realize that we're a huge ask on our county commission. So we want to make sure that we are being fiscally responsible and using the seats that we have. So we just finished our salary study. We are also in the middle of doing a zoning study. And so I don't know the last time the entire district was rezoned. I don't know that that's ever occurred, at least in the last couple of decades. So we've gone through the first uh, stage of that this past year of looking at what is our enrollment and what's our capacity of our buildings. And now we'll be looking at zoning lines across the district for next, to go into effect for the 24 school year. And when you look at building new schools in this day and age, that cost has risen from what used to be $8 million, which sounded like a lot, to $20 million to now well over $50 million. Easily. Uh, we're looking at elementary school on some property that we are just still in the middle of purchasing. And we've gone from our last elementary school was 30 to 35 million, and now we're budgeting closer to 55 to 60. It's wild how much construction costs have gone up. Part of that's because of labor cost. It is. The Nashville market is just red hot, and ultimately we're competing with the industries that are in downtown Nashville and surrounding areas to build industry we're trying to build schools and we're unfortunately in that competitive market and one of the things the county schools have been doing for years uh, several years in fact before you were on board was looking for a place of land to, to build a new school in the blackman area 
has that ever happened? It has. So we um, have had school board approval in our first stages of our county commission approval. And so ultimately it should go before the county commission to purchase. Um, we've been calling it the Beatty property. Um, so over there off of 24-840 veterans kind of in that area that we will hopefully build an elementary school on very quickly and then have room for a second campus there as well. And so that second campus, will that be a middle school or a high school? It would more than likely need to be a middle school. We've also just kind of thrown out the idea of making sure we're being good stewards of the funding that we get. Do we want to look at a different grade band structure? Do we want to go back to that 612 structure just to be able to that's a very densely populated area. Would it make sense for us to look at a different structure? In the news over the past six months, one of the other big items that we've heard a lot about, in addition to, of course, the shooting and then the SRO funds coming in, that is third grade retention. We, yes. We've heard a lot of talk about third grade retention and how that correlates with, you know, if students are able to graduate high school. Right. I think the a, a big misnomer. We all, of course, want students to be able to read. That is ultimately what our goal is. For those of us that grew up in Tennessee and took a TCAP test, what we took in third grade compared to what students now take in third grade are completely different assessments. Uh, yeah, you know, I've seen some of the stuff the kids are studying. It's like college almost. Yeah, you, you are not just seeing if you can spell a word or read a couple words. You're looking at multiple passages and trying to summarize and come up with a central idea. So it is when you hear of a third grader doesn't pass TCAP, they can't read. That's absolutely incorrect. So what, what is, when you hear third grade retention, what yeah. are your first thoughts? So our first thoughts is we have to be prepared because it is state law. Again, we ultimately support making sure students are ready to move on to the next grade level. But our students are finishing TCAP, actually third grade. Most of them should have finished TCAP um, last week. Uh, we still have the last, these couple days of makeup, but students for the most part should have finished TCAP last week. We will receive scores, quick scores back by May 19th, and something we've communicated to parents and will continue to communicate regardless of how your student performs. We have multiple pathways that are will allow your student to be able to move on to fourth grade if that's what's in their best interest. Now, years ago, we heard of no child left behind, and then everybody was concerned that kids were being passed on to Correct. different grades without fully learning and understanding or comprehending what they gather in the classroom. What Where is that today as far as kids moving from one grade to the other? I think you can ask any teacher. They're definitely, it's a fine balance between making sure students move on but also making sure students grasp the concepts. One of the unfortunate things for students who are going through school system is that state standards, which locally you have no control over, they change about every five years. So students may generally have gaps because at the higher education level, what they're supposed to learn changes. And so that's the balance that we have to make sure our kids are ready, but also not being punished because of changes. So when you go back to talks of third grade retention, do you see a big correlation with that third grade retention rate versus the high school graduation rate? I mean, locally, are we seeing a correlation there? That'd probably be a little, something I would have to go back and look at. Um, I wouldn't be able to answer that right away because I haven't studied that because, again, the third grade retention, our test has changed three years or three times since our current high school 12th graders would have been in third grade, and we had three years the test didn't work. So it would be hard for me to to truly know exactly where that is, but it, it definitely hits close to home. I have a third grader, so I have my own kid who is impacted by this. When it comes to changing what's learned at school, the textbooks and the information that's taught, how often are you having to change it up? Because, for example, with technology, it changes by the minute. But with schools and, and classwork, what changes? 
So state department has a, and really in state law, their state standards are what we are charged as educators to make sure students learn. Those change about every six years. And so an example for me, when just recently we had a science standard change in the mid 2016, 17, chemistry was an eighth grade concept. That was a hard concept for eighth graders. Unfortunately, that got moved down to seventh grade. And so if you were one of those students who happened to be moving from seventh to eighth grade that year, you very largely could have missed that part of chemistry. And then by the time you get to high school ready to take chemistry, you, you haven't had a background in it. And so it is that changes about every six years. Textbooks change about every six years. And when it comes to the different classes that are available, vocational type classes and classes such as home ec or workshop do you still have things like that within the county schools we do we're one of the only districts in the state that actually offers every career pathway that is available and recognized by the state department and then we actually have special course requests as well that if there's a trade that we're interested in adding that we go ahead and add those we have a, a career and technical education department miss pilgrim miss lewis and then at our or mr lewis at our school level that i would argue they are second to none and they're recognized across the state for the leadership Again, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with us this morning, director of the Rutherford County School System. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll answer some of your text questions. You can text us at 615-893-1450. Again, 615-893-1450. Our guest today, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, director of the county schools. Look up in the sky. There it is. The tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. If you're looking for an adoptable cat or kitten, be sure to stop by and take a peek in our cat room downstairs. For those of you that prefer scaly friends to furry ones, we have you covered at Animal City. Come in and find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by anytime today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. I can't wait for what's next. Even with higher stroke risk due to atrial fibrillation and a regular heartbeat not caused by a heart valve problem. Eliquis, the Pixaban tablets, reduces stroke risk. It's the number one cardiologist prescribed blood thinner. Don't stop taking prescription Eliquis without talking to your doctor as this may increase your risk of stroke. Eliquis can cause serious and in rare cases fatal bleeding. Don't take Eliquis if you have an artificial heart valve, abnormal bleeding, or have antiphospholipid syndrome. While taking, you may bruise more easily or take longer for bleeding to stop. A spinal injection while on Eliquis increases risk of blood clots, which may cause paralysis, the inability to move. Get medical help right away for unexpected bleeding or unusual bruising, or if you have tingling, numbness, or muscle weakness. It may increase your bleeding risk if you take medicines such as aspirin products, NSAIDs, SSRIs, SNRIs, and blood thinners. Tell your doctor about all planned medical or dental procedures. Learn more at Eliquis.com or call 1-855-ELIQUIS. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, 
Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.37, you're listening to WGNS on this Tuesday morning again today, the 2nd of May. And our guest in studio this morning, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, director of the Rutherford County School System. And once more, this you know, at the wrap up of this year, this makes for your first full year as the director. Yeah, it has uh, definitely been a a dream. Being this is the district I grew up in, district I was educated in. It has definitely been some challenges, but I'm excited to see where the future holds. So you've seen a lot of changes then. A ton of changes. Being Walter Hill kindergarten through eighth, and then graduating from Oakland and, and living here pretty much my entire life. I've, it's it, a lot different school system than it was when I attended. It's not the same place. It's not the same community in a lot of ways just because of the massive amount of growth we've had it is and that is a balance and we we hear from of course we're a servant to the community and we hear from parents who want it the way it used to be but then we hear from parents who want it to completely change so here's a question from a parent asking about uh let's see special education classes what goes into making the decision of uh, children who may be autistic in deciding what class they go to or how they go about deciding what school perhaps they even go to yeah as far as school it'd be whatever your school of zone is so students um, with disabilities are a general education student first and as far as classes go it would be an individual each student and each parent have their own IEP individualized education plan and so that truly dictates but regardless of whether or not a student has a disability or they are an English language learner or they are just a traditional student they all still have state prescribed classes that they're going to take and the IEP does every student have an individual education plan or just certain students yeah that portion as far as students with disability that would be every student with a disability Um, english language learners have their individual learning plan as well realistically in this day and age just about every student has that relationship with their teacher and their parent to make sure we're focusing on where every kid is but as far as prescribed in law it would just be your students with disabilities another question did rutherford county schools or did the school board approve charter schools in rutherford county Yes, yeah, so we actually already previously had approved. We had approved in July of 22 um, Springs Charter School, so they are looking to operate in the 24-25 school year. Recently, of course, there we've had several other applicants. Um, we had one that American Classical had a, a lot of local and national attention, um, so our board did approve that one. I guess last Tuesday would have been that one occurred. And with that being said, I know some, I guess, charter school programs actually came to Rutherford County and they even advertised campaigns in order to try to get their school format within the county schools or accepted by the school board. Correct. And it is um, charter school applications are prescribed in state law. And so with that, each school district has to appoint a review committee. Um, the review committee provides recommendations, but ultimately the, the school board is an elected group and they can 
do as they see fit. What is a little bit different for, I think, what will be new for our community to understand is, yes, charter schools, if they're approved by the local Board of Education, um, they will be a Rutherford County school, but charter schools have their own Board of Operation as well. So there are very few things that our really our district office or our school board really has oversight for um, because charter schools have their own board in operation. Another question here, my son is trying to convince me to allow him to do out of school school and do it on the internet as opposed to being in a classroom, but instead a virtual classroom. And, you know, I've heard a lot about that, a lot about students who their parents are allowing them to do a, a virtual school that's not part of the county school system and they're paying you know over a thousand dollars a year to do that and their child staying home and doing school online it, so I, I guess this person is in a sense asking is this a good school program it doesn't name any mm-hmm. school program but it, is this happening a lot it does happen and that is part of why we have our rutherford county virtual school as well um, what makes our virtual school a little bit unique is that up and through up until eighth grade you're not required to have in-person i guess virtual uh, live instruction we believe that education should be done in a live setting and so we require our students to have certain parts of every school week that are live with their teacher you get to that point where you're in high school and college sure some of that probably can be a little bit of self-learning but especially for some of our younger kids you have to have that modeled instruction. So if a child in high school, let's say their junior year, their parent allows them to, to do one of these online schools and complete high school that route, are they graduating with the same diploma that you would get from, let's say, Oakland High School? If they are part of our Rutherford County Virtual School, yes, they would. If they are part of a, another statewide program, that program would have to go through accreditation just like we would. So. I would just encourage parents to be careful to make sure that the school that they are looking at is accredited, not just locally, but also across the region. If a student is looking to go to college, you want to make sure that that college accepts that um, school's accreditation, and it may not just be from Tennessee. So some of these internet-based schools that we hear about who are not local, that can really hurt a child in the long run with getting into a college or even being able to say, I've got my regular high school diploma just as anybody else because it may not translate to that within Tennessee. It can, and luckily we do have um, across the state, You to be recognized as a public school, you do have some processes and requirements. Um, I would just, again, encourage parents to make sure that they are truly enrolling in a school that provides accreditation that's going to help their child. You know, I, I don't know, this is just my personal thought on the whole thing, but it seems like parents these days are a lot more willing to just say, okay, do whatever the child asks of. You know, hey, my kid wants to go to a virtual school. We'll make it happen. We'll do it online at this program here. They don't even look into it anymore. It just seems like parents are not as involved as they once were with their children, and they're too quick to say yes. Yeah, I think that it's a fine balance. Again, you have um, across the spectrum as far as involvement goes, but I also think as a school system, we shouldn't tell a parent what is best for their kid. It, to just make sure that you do your research and see what's best for your child. Another question here, back to the charter schools, it says, I would have thought that these would have taken Rutherford County Schools budget uh, or would have cost the county schools more out of their budget with their already tight budget. Again, talking about charter schools. So would, or are char- would charter schools cost the county schools more money? So I think that's a little bit of an unknown because we, we again, don't have um, any currently in operation where it would, if you will, cost money is that 
with charter school enrollment now with our new um, TISA funding, the funding follows the child. And so if you have students who are going from a traditional Rutherford County school and they go to the charter school, that funding uh, will go with the child. You're hopeful that you would have enough kids necessarily from one school that would go that you would not need that teaching position or that classroom. My concern is that for charter schools that may only have four to 800 kids, let's say the top 800 kids, are, are we truly going to pull 800 kids away that are going to allow us to not have to hire a teaching or a classified position somewhere that and that's just unknown because we don't have any in operation do parents know enough about charter schools to make a decision on them at this point i think that's up to the parents to see if that program they are charter schools again some of them um, the springs and american class school will be rutherford county schools so we will have some um, as far as discussion with those and making sure all of our students are successful there's also another one rutherford collegiate prep that is due to open at the same time that was approved by the state charter commission and so those programs will have information sessions for parents to be able to see what is i guess could happen for any school ultimately if one of those um, charter schools is not what's best for your child then you would still be able to attend one of our traditional rutherford county schools um, the very next day and so there's some logistics that definitely from an operation standpoint are concerned so with these charter schools are, are there going to be brick and mortar schools where people you know where the kids actually go absolutely not yes. online no absolutely has to has to be a brick and mortar like a traditional school and so what made rutherford county okay this versus other communities saying no to charter schools like that yeah i think ultimately i have to support so the state has a prescribed again review rubric and review curriculum and our review process was to deny on the first read because we had some concerns that i would have liked to have seen <clears throat> first but ultimately i have to respect our elected school board and our elected school board um, was comfortable with the information and, and felt confident and and american classical's ability to serve our students and so all students are still our students, so my job is to make sure that we're all successful and move past the political aspect. And again, ultimately, it was a decision made by the county school board, not a decision made within the school system itself. It was by the school board. Correct. I think that's that's hard for people to, to recognize is that the director of schools really is charged with, and superintendent, same title, is that we're charged with day-to-day -day operations. I'm not an elected official. Um, our school board is an elected official. And so part of my job is to also protect our school board and make sure that I understand some of the political pressure that is that gets placed on them. How often do you get phone calls about situations or things that are totally out of your control? Maybe they're even at the state level and it's you know a decision handed down by the Department of Education forcing all schools to, to do X, Y, Z? Hourly. <laughs> no, at least daily, um, especially in some of the political climate we're in right now. The number of, of emails and concerns that we received based on third grade charter schools, it, it's, but again, it's part of the job and part of the, your duty is um, protecting your school system is to make sure information is correct. Politics drives, I'm sure, a lot of questions for a lot of parents, especially if, uh, you know, parents are reading news that they find on social media versus an actual media outlet. I'm sure it drives a lot of questions and uh, probably a lot of fears as well. It does. And that's something that we really had three goals in taking over July 1st was to try to lower that noise around politics that a lot of what you see on the news, yeah, that may happen nationally, but we are still Rutherford County. We still have values, um, value sets that are important to our students, important to our parents. We are a very diverse uh, 
system now. Um, but ultimately, if you see something that you feel like is a concern, I can only address it and our team can only address it if we know about it. So instead of just progulating rumors and talking about rumors, ask so that I can investigate. There very well could be something I need to investigate. Um, we have 51,000 students roughly and 6,000 employees. We're going to make errors, but I assure people that when we make an error that we'll work to correct it. In mid-April, a neighboring Cannon County, their school system had what many thought was a threat, but it turned out to be something that had been passed along on social media time after time. And we've we've seen similar threats, if you want to call them that, here in Rutherford County. And they were not actual threats, but they're translated into threats by the public. How often do you run across things that are not actual threats? They're just things that were shared on social media that look like a recent threat when they're not. Yeah, quite often, um, but our job is to treat each one of those like they're a legitimate threat. Um, Patty Esser, as I mentioned, in our sheriff's department or, or whatever police department we're working with, I can't tell you the number of nights if we are notified of a threat. It, it doesn't matter if it's one, two, three in the morning. We investigate. Uh, we notify the sheriff's department. They will go out and investigate and talk to the parents. And then hopefully we have a message out to parents before the school day even begins. And, of course, one of the recent hires was uh, having an assistant safety director uh, underneath Patty to oversee all the schools and, I guess, to work with each county school principal or assistant principal. Yeah, and that was... Um you hate to say a steal, but we took the um, we stole from Murfreesboro City. So Sean has been with us, and he has done an amazing job. He kind of oversaw SROs in the city school system, and both of them together have truly given us an aspect to make sure that our kids were safe. What what is you know I'm curious. What is the main question you get day in and day out from parents with phone calls or emails? What's the number one thing that you're asked? Right now would be third grade retention. Um, that is overall, by and large, number one. Charter schools are a very close second uh, <laughs> the last couple of weeks. And then outside of that, it is truly just, um, we deal with a lot of questions about my child being bullied. Can you investigate that? So then we will talk with the principal and kind of see what's going on from an individual setting. I, I never would have guessed that third grade retention would be one of the number one calls and emails you get. It is. We've got just over 3,000 third graders. And so we have more third graders than most districts have students. And so when you hear about a, a parent worried their child's going to be retained because of what they see on the news or, or what they've heard, that is, it's just a question that's common right now. Again, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with us this morning from the Rutherford County School System on this Tuesday morning. Again, today, May the 2nd. We're going to take our last break. And then when we return, we will wrap up today's show Again with Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, Director of the County Schools. Time right now, 8.51. Stay with us. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the mid-60s. Northwest winds at 15 to 20 miles per hour and gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 44. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. 
Good morning. We're looking at a crash out here in Rutherford County. It's on the interstate. It's 24 westbound near Shelby Jackson. It's not causing a big backup, uh, but it's out here nonetheless. It's still quite a bit of traffic volume trying to get through Kingston Springs from that earlier wreck. That's still at least a 25-minute delay, maybe longer, on 40 eastbound as you come from Dixon, trying to get through Kingston Springs and Pegram. Traffic's also still running slow. 840 westbound at Arno Road in Williamson County as they clean up that wreck involving some injuries. Prince's Hot Chicken is catering. They have two locations. Check out their menu at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. Time right now, 8.52. You're tuned to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today, May the 2nd. Our guest today in studio, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, director of the Rutherford County School System, and he is officially wrapping up his first year as director of the county schools. And uh, has it been stressful? Definitely. But it, again, is uh, it's been something I've enjoyed because ultimately the way I look at it is I'm not teaching a student in this district, even though that's what my background and my heart is, making sure kids are learning. But if I can make sure that we have policies and procedures in place that allow our teachers to focus on what's important um, and i kind of can remove some of the noise that's what my job is and unlike some of our more recent school directors you've got kids who are still in the system i do i have a third grader and a fifth grader so it gives me a, a different perspective on what's truly going on do you ever find yourself frustrated with teachers who are teaching your own kids Never. 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 I think that's the political career. No, ultimately, <laughs> we've been blessed. <laughs> so going back to the county schools as a whole, one of the things that uh, we heard about recently was in downtown Murfreesboro, the Jazz Fest was not going to be held anymore, but those in the school system wanted to continue it because you had band students who were into jazz and, and wanted to play there. So the school board, one of the members, decided to take it upon herself to try to figure out how to keep it alive. Absolutely. So I want to give credit to really our entire school board, but really our chairman, Ms. Tammy Sharp. So her, Ms. Maxwell, Claire Maxwell, and Katie Darby are kind of serving on a committee for us, and along with Dr. Halford, who is our fine arts coordinator. And they wanted to make sure our students had an opportunity to highlight what they were doing because that was the unfortunate part was that students were losing a platform to show their skills and so they have worked extremely hard our community has come together and truly just sponsored what used to be jazz fest is now kind of our own jazz fest and so that is this saturday at the fountains of gateway and that is going to be saturday from 10 to 5 where our middle and high school bands jazz bands a um, couple other groups are going to be performing so we're, we're excited for that and i thank them for their work and have they found enough sponsors to oversee the the cost of everything yes we have um what it needs to look like in the future i'm not sure but this was again something we need to pull together in about five or six months and so we're we're grateful for our sponsors and I appreciate their work because truly that is, regardless of the times that you can agree or disagree, uh, our school board ultimately, when it comes down to it, wants our kids to be successful. And as a director of schools, that's all I can ask is that even when we disagree, we put the other things behind us and we move forward for the better of our district and Jazz Fest is a great example of that. When it comes to the arts, that's one of those things where even kids who, you know, they may be trouble in a lot of other classrooms, but when they're in an arts class, a lot of them excel in ways that other students don't. Yeah, in our arts program, I'm d again, Dr. Halford's done an amazing job in promoting and making sure that we kept that at the highlight. A lot of times your athletic programs or your traditional academic programs get the spotlight, um, but our fine arts programs where it's theater, dance, um, vocal, and just performing arts, they, they truly 
operate and give kids opportunities that if they were in another district, they probably wouldn't have. Speaking of theater, now that we're past COVID and everything, and we've talked about this briefly before, field trips, yes. field trips to things like uh, TPAC, are, yep. are those back on? They absolutely are. One of the unfortunate parts for being such a large district is that a lot of places can't hold, let's say we have a fourth grade class that wants to go to TPAC. Well, if you take one of our large elementary or even a just a moderate sized elementary school, they may have 200 elementary school fourth or fifth graders that need to go. And so it's very hard for us to be able to do things just because of our size. But as far as are they allowed, are we going places? A hundred percent we are. And when it comes to field trips, you've also got to coordinate all the school buses. We uh, we absolutely do, especially the school bus. We don't have our own employees. They're contracted services. So we have to make sure that we have buses that can organize and take students and that's a bigger task than people realize. And that's one of the differences with the city schools versus the county is that the county schools don't have their own physical school buses. Correct. The only buses we actually own are a couple activity buses at each high school. And it's been like that for years. As far as I can remember, yes. <laughs> Do you ever see that changing? Not in the near future, I don't. Yeah. Um, I still have conversations with my bus driver that I had um, in this school system. So it's it's just it's kind of a tried and true thing that we've operated in Rutherford County. You never want to say never, um, but we have to make sure that as long as they, our contractors are providing routes for students and our students are getting to school, we're not seeing the same type of staffing shortages other districts are. And I would imagine if you were to change that, it would cost you millions and millions of dollars to buy those school buses. It absolutely would. Um, we run over 300-something routes a day, so that you're looking at a huge, huge, huge cost. How in the world do I, I guess when it comes to those drivers who are contracted drivers, are they buying their school buses? The contractors are, yes. They have their own buses. A couple may lease um, as far as a bus, but they are their contracted service. Just like if you and I wanted to go contract for something, they buy their buses, they have their insurance, they hire drivers, all those different things. So you have to pay them fairly well, I'd say, because yes. it's expensive. It is. They have a contract. Um, they're in the middle of a three-year contract right now. I believe this is year two. So are all the bus drivers paid the exact same amount, and does it change based on how many field trips you take? Yeah, so you would be paid based on the number. If you were taking a field trip, then you'd be compensated for taking an additional field trip. Yep. Again with us this morning, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan with the Rutherford County School System. And as we close this morning, uh, going back to what we initially started talking about in the very beginning, and that is the growth of our system here and building new schools of course adding on to some of the existing schools is one of the things that you're moving forward with now but is there another school a new school planned and when will it open yeah so part of we mentioned the Beatty property just a little while ago we're hoping to be able to build an elementary school and open it by the beginning of the probably 25 school year we would love to open it in 24 we need it to relieve Stewart's Creek Blackman and Brown's Chapel but again, in this type of competitive environment, um, we're only receiving bids to build schools from two companies to where we used to get half a dozen. So 2025 is yes. that opening date? And of course, construction hasn't even started yet. Hadn't even started. So 2025. That's our hope. Uh, again with us this morning has been Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, Director of the Rutherford County Schools. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. You can hear this on a podcast later if you go to WGNSRadio.com. And uh, Dr. Jimmy Sullivan, thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. Stay with us. We have CBS News coming your way next. The Good Neighbor Network, WGNS, Murfreesboro, Smyrna, flagship station for MTSU Sports. Courthouse clock time, 9 o'clock.